The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! Okay, what are we drinking today? Uh, we're having a drink called the Beautiful Cocktail, and it's simple. It's probably one of the simplest drinks to make, because you don't have to mix it with ice, you don't have to futz around with it. You pour the alcohol in the glass, you stir it, and that's it. So it's an ounce and a half of VSOP Cognac, and an ounce and a half of Grand Meunier. Wow. It's called the beautiful. Oh, it is pretty. Simple. It's got that orange cognac smell. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like an evening thing too. That would be good in, before bed. Not like we have to drink before bed, but like in the evening. After dinner, yeah. After dinner drink. Yeah. When I was a kid, my parents used to have people over. And I'd mix them after dinner drinks. I know. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'd mix cocktails before dinner. And I was thinking about it today when I woke the other day when I was cooking and I used the lid of the vinegar to pour the vinegar into the thing. Oh, I do Just that. a flipful, you know? Yeah. I used to use the lid of the the lime juice. The lime roses. The roses, mm-hmm. lime juice. To add the... To add, like, my dad would say, just, you know, oh. gin and a cup full of... Yeah, lime yeah. Juice. <laughs> but then somehow the spring came back to that. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, nice it's quite simple. Mm-hmm. And you could expand upon this, truly, if you have... Uh, I, I don't have one at the, this point, but a brandy warmer... Because these glasses are really, truly not for brandy. They're actually beer tasters. Right. But they work perfectly because they're small enough. Small and round, And you yeah. could tilt it on the warmer yeah. and actually, you can put hot water into it. But I find when you put hot water in the glass, it actually dilutes your drink when you put it in. Not that that's a lot of water, mm. but it's just enough that it takes the, it changes the flavor sure. just a little bit. So if you can get this underneath a candle in one of those heaters oh, right. to actually heat the, and you turn it every so often. Mm. First of all, it's fun. I've actually been to a restaurant where they set your glass on the side and yeah. it was warming and you just turned, rotated it right. yourself. It's great. Yeah. It's great. That's idea. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. The story of uh, chapter four, part four, 
Isn't that neat? Yeah, we're getting to the sort of climax of the story, I think. Mm -hmm. In this scene, which we read, oh, after having met the commander, is up in her room with Natalie, and she and Natalie are having a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, oh, we really get like O's interest in women is really just dominating women. She's not particularly interested in Jacqueline or particularly interested in Natalie. She's mostly interested in just having access to make a woman come. That's what her whole well, it, but very is. particularly, she has a certain taste, yeah. and it has to be a woman that she thinks is. It can't be a plain Jane. It has to be someone she thinks is more beautiful because she often chooses women who she admits to herself that they're more beautiful than her. I think that's very common among women. You think? I do. Really? Well, I don't. Well, let me just rephrase that. I think women look at other women and think they're more beautiful. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And that's part of her story anyway. We've kind of gathered that as we go through the beginning phase of the book. So it's interesting. It is a power thing for her and it always has been. Yeah. We mentioned that early on. Right. Exactly. So that's consistent. She also thinks that that's the only way she can deal with women, that she couldn't be given to a woman. No. And that she couldn't be taken by a woman. No. That... Based on everything she's about, she would gift a woman to, to her main squeeze man, let's say, whoever owns her. Well, she thinks all women belong to men. Well, she thinks, yes, but she thinks specifically if she's interacting with a woman, then that woman is someone she can gift to her master. To, this, to Sir Stephen. Yeah. that's what ultimately is the highest obedience. Right. And that it's about her being like the hunting dog. Right. You know, you go hunt the prey and bring back and gleefully bring it back. And you're probably not going to get anything of the hunt. But... Right. But you're pleasing your master. Yes, exactly. And she also has this epiphany, and we don't know if this is going to occur, but we, she has this epiphany that the reason she's forbidden Natalie is because Stephen's going to give Natalie she, to she her and Rossi. She keeps thinking that. She keeps thinking she's going to be gifted Natalie. Yeah. Or And, and then be able to train Natalie, if you will, yeah. and then be able to present her back to her master. Right, exactly. That's what she so thinks. She's got this whole story Plan. conjured up in her yeah. head. Yeah. And then Sir Stephen peers into the room mm -hmm. and comes into the room and says to Natalie, Natalie, go get that box down at the Put in the stairs or the stairs, right. So she comes back and he, she begins to unpack the box and hands Sir Stephen the objects, which are masks, animal masks. Really intricate. Intricate, animal. interesting animal masks, different animals. And he hands them to O to try on and O tries them on one after the other and settles on the mask of an owl. Mm -hmm. And Sir Stephen agrees that that would be the correct mask for her to wear because she's a little bit regal in her Egyptian appearing manner Presence, with that mask. Yeah, yeah. But he observes that that mask requires her to be naked and with her pubic hair, she's not naked. So he and sends the commander had suggested that to him, said she should yeah, be shaved. Yeah. And so Stephen like, agrees and he sends her off to get... Well, first, he's, he, he tells her you're going to have to be shaved. Yes. So, you know, O's hearing that. And then he says, forgive me, but... I just have to let you know that you'll also be leashed. Yes, exactly. Even though you're in an owl mask, you'll be leashed. Yeah. And so then he has Natalie go grab a leash out of his desk. And some pliers. And then he opens a link, the last link, and then attaches that to the links on the chain. Right. Where she's pierced. Right. So now she has a five-foot dog leash. Yep. Attached to her pussy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course... 
to make sure that aesthetically it's all like it's supposed to be, he has Natalie parade oh around the room masked. Yes. And that's when he says, okay, the final touch is to remove the hair. Right. So she goes off to the salon. Yeah. And of course, the salon folks are kind of freaked out. Here she is with a chain. And that's the interesting thing is that she recognizes very quickly that people are in shock first because she has these welts all over her. And of course, she has a pierced labia and And a chain, a chain, right? And it, so they think she's being beaten or something bad like that is happening. And she is being beaten, but the reality is supposedly this is because she wants this is, you know, that's what we know about the story. And so she's trying to explain this to this. Well, she's trying to say to the, the person removing her pubic hair that it's nothing that it's compared to the like, writing crop. It's nothing. And the woman is just freaked out. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. For the pain of removing, right. you know, the hair. Yeah. And eventually they, they send her off. Off and she feels like she's being evicted rather than like she's giving them a tip. It doesn't really matter. Didn't matter if she, she gave them a generous right. tip. Didn't matter how yeah. she explained it. They had already signed judge and jury. Yeah. And were disgusted. Completely. In horror, yeah. basically. And then she gets back. And so Stephen looks at her and sees her in her complete uh, nakedness. Complete nudity. Yep. No hair on her pussy. And he revels in the fact that. The commander was correct. She looks like an Egyptian goddess mm-hmm. in the mask. Right. And he's excited to bring her and to the event. He's caressing her in a way that O would describe of taming a wild animal. Like he's she's very gentle. Yeah, he's very she's gentle. gotten to a point and, and he even took special care with her, keeping her naked yes. and bringing dinner to her room where they would dine privately well, first, together. First they dined in the, in the dining room with everybody. And earlier, yeah, earlier. But then later, he brings food to the room, but he, he just sleeps gently with her. He really treats her in he, a like, way. He, like, cuddles with her. Yeah, in a way that he's never done. Yeah, it like, caring. And then he dines with her, and then, you know, we kind of forecast that the next is probably her going to this command thing. Because she doesn't know what day, what time, how no long. Idea. She, she doesn't no know who she's going to interact right. with. You know, so that's going to be where the story kind of escalates, I'm sure. Yeah. And the part of the book that we read finishes with her in a vehicle going off to this event, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. with Sir Stephen. Right. We had to stop there because it's going to get intense. Well, yeah, I think it's a whole nother chapter in a way. Yeah. Anyway, so the context has shifted, right? So now she's deeply in the realm of slave. That's really where she lives. Mm Mm-hmm. She's interested in bringing women to Stephen. She's mm-hmm. interested in experiencing the world from a place of ownership. She likes being observed. There's like a lot of ways where... I think this is intriguing for her because the mask gives her a sense of anonymity. It does, yeah. Which she's not often given. She's forced to show face, her, her right, face right. all the time, right? Yeah. And now she gets to be this caricature right and she's off to this event where she doesn't know who the guests are she doesn't know who's going to be present Mm -hmm. she really has no context for the experience no and she's in the vehicle her own context which is i'm going to be taken off to rossi i'm going to be used by you know members of rossi but i'm going to get natalie at the end of it that's that's, what she's hoping that's her whole space and it's interesting you know i just don't think that she's fully cognizant of the experience that she's 
living inside of. I get that she, before this whole thing started, she had already had experiences with women and experienced women the same way with this power. Yeah. Which to me, she's a switch. Okay. And what I am watching unfold is now she's dedicated herself as slave. Right. Which means she doesn't get to choose, pick and choose. Right. And so, yes, they've interacted her with women in ways that she and, and have at, have told her that we want you to do this. Yeah. All under direction. And she's like, oh, okay, it's all great because it's stuff I already do. Right. Right. But I just think she thinks she has, it appears that as a slave, she thinks she has way more power than she really does. I don't know that she's thinking she has power. I think she is admired and appreciated and valued. And actually she's not. No, that's the thing. I right. think she thinks she has power as a submissive, like she's numero uno. Yeah. And that that these things are happening because they understand that these are desires for her also. Like she's in a partnership with right. this role she's in. But it, very quickly it's going to change, I imagine, where she is completely at effect like the reality is well, she is she's she is completely at effect she's not aware that she's she feels at she's at a but she's a, yeah that's yeah. exactly right she feels she's at effect because she's obedient right no, no, she feels like she's not at effect she feels like she has some power but actually she is at effect and she doesn't she's not aware of that she's not aware she doesn't have power exactly. it, i i think everything has been a coincidence yes that has just kind of it's a grooming if you will. Yes. And we don't know the end result of the grooming yet, but I have some ideas. She's going along because, oh yeah, these things are normal. You can imagine O is not unique. Right. O is like the 20th person that's come through this situation. Probably right. Right. Yeah. Not every person has the same experience O does. So then they, they always do the similar things. Like we're going to introduce a woman. We're going to make sure that they can service. We're going to make sure they can groom and recruit. We're going to make sure that they're branded. I mean, like, to me, in my if I'm using my dominant hat right now, I definitely see particular protocols and grooming that are just that happen right. in a very methodical way. Right. Even now, I'm now I'm actually more suspect of Sir Stephen's right. tenderness that he offers because he isn't up until this point. Well, he's like a pimp, right? Yeah, he isn't exactly right. When he wants something, yeah. he gets all tender and loving, right? Exactly. right? Yeah, and yeah. then he puts her off basically in the sense that she feels off her step and then the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Well, this is going to So be, I think it's going to get more intense quite quickly. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting unfolding of what happens next. I'm just curious because one of the things you contemplated in the context of our dynamic mm-hmm. was to be a slave. Yep. And now you're actually getting present to what being a slave implies. Well, I was then too, because I was actually making that choice for myself. That's a big choice. Yeah, exactly. You were willing to consider that you would just become at effect. Right. And and the only way to really get your head around is you have to pick what you're, pick a scenario for yourself if you're at effect. Yeah. Like a least favorite scenario. And that, and at effect as a slave is even less than a dog. Right. Right. Because an owner still has to be responsible to take a dog out and right. pee and let him play. And right. That doesn't necessarily happen with a slave. It depends on the, who your master is, right? right. For all intents and purposes, I, I, when we were talking, I immediately thought of things like, not like, oh, you'd cut my fingers off. Because right. we had some basic agreements. Right. 
but that I thought, yeah, but I could be told to sleep on the floor for the rest of my life. For example. Yeah. Just, just an example. Or, or, or you'd be responsible and for I know getting people, the other women. Right? Like, yeah, like you would be responsible I, for that. I would be responsible to find you other submissives to right. fill the, the, the right. stall. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the stall. I guess yeah. it's called the stall. Anyway, and, and so I, I wonder when you're a slave, like when I was considering slave, we'd already made agreements as a submissive. There would have to be a whole not even a negotiation, but a whole other conversation because as slave, there aren't agreements. Well, there aren't limits on the agreements. Well, I don't know if there's agreements even you're choosing slave. You're choosing whatever the shit is going to happen is going to happen. There isn't limits. There isn't agreements because you are at effect. You're not making agreements. And I didn't, I, that part's the most important, but I didn't really discern that part. What I was more concerned with, because I was still in submissive obedient mode, was like, could I, if I was requested to do this? Right. You know, like I thought of things like, if you said you must eat this other woman's pussy, well, right. whatever. I thought, yeah, I probably would not like it, but I'll do it. Right. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I've never done that. But it's not my, it's not something that I think about or dream about, but- right. Also, to be obedient and to provide pleasure is is one thing. But right. then I had to go darker. I had to go to like, what if I am overlooked? What if I get used or have been used? And, and already aside. and already a determination has been made on whether my what my worthiness is ongoingly. Right. And therefore, okay, now it's decided that you're going to be a footstool. That's right. just, that's your worth. That's what you're worth. Right. And because my story, of course, is not being good enough (laughs) as a human, I really looked at that. And this is before I even got my training, but I was like really looking at like, okay, so I came out of a relationship where I wasn't worthy and I'm choosing to go back into something where I could be put in a situation, even if it's not expressed to me that I'm not worthy because they may value me as a footstool, but because I don't, how I see it is that I feel not worthy. That's the most important part of it. And then I recognize, oh my God, I'm having a voice. If I have a voice, I'm not a slave. No, you have agency. That's right. Right, yeah. And that's the the catch. It's so interesting because she doesn't really express her agency ever. Now, I think a lot of people call themselves slaves, and I'm not trying to disrespect the slave master situation, but I think also... A lot of those slaves we've talked to have agency. And I would say that they're using the word slave because it sounds like a super ultra sub. Yes. And maybe we need to change our language because I really don't like the word slave. It's been a very ugly word through time. Yes. On dehumanizing humans, really, in all civilizations. Yes. So it's an ugly, ugly word. And I think the kink community is, is... more proactive than that and more responsible to actually come up with a better word. You know, we talk about alpha sissies and alpha males and alpha. Why can't there be an alpha sub? Why can't it be, or a super sub or, you know, something along those lines. But let's try to get away from the word slave. Even if I had someone that said they wanted to dedicate themselves to me as a slave, let's just say there's, cause there's people out there that they say, I absolutely want to just be your tray holder for whatever you're doing. My right. toothbrush, my cocktail, my dinner. Well, every time we've talked to a service submissive, mm-hmm. they've spoken in the context of their service from a 
slavish perspective. Of course. But what they have beside that is agency to go on and like do whatever they that's do. That's right. And so, and so that's that's the part so, that's missing in this conversation. Well, so even if someone came to me thinking they were slavish and yeah. they wanted, I would I would caution them. Well, I wouldn't take on a slave, to be honest. Right. A slave is a lot of fucking work. Right. What I want is someone with agency and some, like, some smarts about them so I can give them directions to follow through. And then I'm looking for much like you, you much like you do. I like obedience. Exactly. Right. Like I don't, I would not have any like feeling towards someone who decides to be teasy bratty with me. Right. Now there's a occasional moments. I think with anyone, when you're joking with people, I think that's normal. And if the, as a dominant, if the, rapport gets a certain place i think out of context that can happen right but when you're really in the power exchange i mean i'm not looking for bratty no no i think this is a very interesting transition from o's journey into the world of sexual slavery right to where she's being completely objectified Mm -hmm. and i think that's where we go next where she's publicly objectified but she's done that at Rossi, but I think what this is... In a different is, way, but Rossi This one, she doesn't know who's going to be there. Yeah, she has no context. She doesn't even know where she's going. Or what she she's up to. She assumes she's going to Rossi or she something know, like yeah. it. Yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't know. know. She has yeah. no idea. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!